the B2B Messaging Podcast by Winter. Welcome back to B2B Messaging Podcast. Today I have Jared Hubbard, former director of product marketing at Daily Pay. Jared, thanks so much for being on today. Thank you, Danny. It's great to be with you. Want to jump right in, get to know you a little bit better. How did you start in product marketing and why did you choose that path? Yeah, so, you know, product marketing is kind of one of those roles or functions that people find themselves coming to from all sorts of backgrounds. Not entirely uncommon is coming from sales, which was my trajectory. So while at LinkedIn, I noticed a gap where the business, as well run as it is, was not really capturing insights from the tens of thousands of customer conversations reps were having on an annual basis. And at the same time, I found myself immensely interested in company growth strategy beyond my own book of business. So I decided to get more involved and started what I called the Sales Senate, which was a strategic sales body that served as a voice of field feedback loop for internal teams that really wanted to consult sales reps on a wide range of go-to-market initiatives. So I went, I got executive sponsorship from sales leadership, and the way it worked was sales managers would nominate a rep for their team, one from each segment to serve on the body. The sales senate turned out to be really high in demand, at first working with product marketing, but ultimately expanding to product and sales readiness. So this led, led to other opportunities to get involved, where I started a leadership speakership series, a sales newsletter, and I ultimately ended up participating on the Tiger team for a field transformation initiative that was led by product marketing to upskill sales reps as the company's product portfolio grew larger and more complex. From there, I ended up taking a product marketing role with Indeed where I piloted and launched a new product portfolio designed for enterprises in the U.S. and 10 overseas markets and launched my career in product marketing from there. That sounds great. That's quite a bit of experience. Can you share a little bit about your career up to date? Can you give us a snapshot? So my 15-year career has been spent principally between sales and product marketing uh, at a range of companies, pre-IPO, IPO, and then enterprise SaaS companies where I have really had the opportunity to build go-to-market strategies for sales-led, self-serve, and PLG motions. I've done this at companies like LinkedIn, Indeed, SimilarWeb, and DailyPay. During this time, I've scaled product marketing teams from zero to one, one to two, and beyond, really putting in place those repeatable product launch processes and go-to-market programs that directly impact revenue in the bottom line, that help businesses drive business strategy, and ultimately inform the product roadmap. So... Can you tell us a little bit about how Daily Pay is currently creating its messaging? You know, the short answer is product marketing leads the development of messaging. But this is not done in a vacuum, right? It's informed by teams across the organization. And that is done by building voice of customer and voice of field feedback loops that inform key messages on an ongoing basis and ultimately help you to improve and optimize messaging over time. So product marketing, you know, at its core is really a connector role. And this is foundational in creating winning messaging that drives conversion, engagement and adoption or whatever your KPI might be, depending on if you're focusing more on acquisition or kind of more on like the retention and adoption of products. So product marketing is really well positioned to put in place processes that formally capture customer and market insights in a structured way that the business can take action on as it relates to messaging as well as broader commercial and marketing strategy. So I think it will be helpful maybe to just run through a few quick examples of these types of channels where product marketing is often involved. So one of which is product pilots, right? When piloting products, it can really help to have a pilot learning plan that lays out 
how you're going to validate product market fit and capture key things like 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 key selling points, messages, and and the primary use cases of your product. You know, also looking at CRM data, right? So you think about like the closed one and the closed loss flows in, a, in in Salesforce. What are the other field reps actually being asked to complete when they are close winning or close losing a deal, right? Because it's a great place to capture useful data that informs messaging. So for example, you can categorize deals into product functionality, competitive gap, budget, relationship. And really this can be immensely powerful to help shape your messaging. Generally also, you know, I think just creating a culture of organizational wide feedback. So really try to make it easy for any customer facing team in the business to leave feedback in a structured way. Um, many of the product development platforms like Product Board or Jira, they have great functionality for allowing a wide range of people from across their business to leave feedback. Classic is like a customer advisory board. They can be used to pressure, pressure test key messages as well as things like customer advocacy, case studies, and, and, and marketing programs more broadly, as well as something that's close to my heart is like the voice of field feedback loop. So I think every organization should have a sales advisory board the same way that they have a customer advisory board. And this really consists of strategic reps that you can meet with in a focus group like fashion to explore a number of topics that include things like messaging. And, you know, the list goes on, but those are a few examples. As director of product marketing, is it you or who at the company creates the key messages that you want sent out to the market? Ultimately, these are things that are done, as I mentioned, kind of in that, in my previous response, it's an organizational wide effort, but ultimately product marketing can and should own kind of the centralization of that. And I think a great way to do this is to have something like a messaging brief, which really takes like the unique messages that you have for specific personas with specific use cases. And it becomes a master document with the whole matrix of highly targeted messages. And the nice thing about this approach is it allows for the decentralization of things like writing copy, and it removes product marketing from being a messaging bottleneck, for, for example, while enabling other teams to do their work more effectively. So product marketing can oftentimes own something like creating that messaging brief, which is really a catch-all master document. And from there, it can be serve as like a North Star for all sorts of other teams from growth marketing, demand generation, sales, and that are also kind of working on messaging in different capacities and working on content. With this brief as your North Star, you're getting feedback, you're talking to everyone that has some say in it, how do you improve and optimize your messaging over time? Well, it's something that ideally is done <laughs> constantly, right? But it's also a matter of resources, you know, the finiteness of time and bodies and, and, and whatnot. Kind of what I just talked a little bit about building voice of customer and voice of field feedback loops, those really start to serve as like an ongoing market monitoring program. And they ultimately help you improve and optimize messages over time because they're channels that once the process is built and operationalized are collecting insights and data points on an ongoing basis. And if you're centralizing those in a place, then it allows you to you know, revisit your messaging over time for key milestones like launches, key marketing moments where, where your customers are meeting at certain events and so on, or really for like key big campaign pushes, like when your demand generation team is doing putting some money behind a big new push, you know, then over time, you're kind of revisiting those messages for those specific plays that have revenue and different KPIs tied to them. How do you create messaging for the website? I think it's helpful when we think about this, or what I think to be kind of like the first rule of, of website messaging, which is you can't message everything about your product on your homepage, right? 
by trying to appeal to everyone, your product messaging actually appeals to no one. So your homepage should highlight the most compelling elements that align with the objectives and the challenges of your target customers. And from there, you can try to funnel the various personas or ICPs that you might have, different stakeholders, into respective sections of your site where you speak to them more directly and where the architecture, the content, and the messaging is designed for them. That's why you often see on most websites a top bar that has a breakout for things like industries, segments, or use cases, because the homepage is speaking to something very specific for your target customer, but you're also inviting, you're also inviting other folks to kind of self-select into that. So, you know, depending on the size and structure of your organization, product marketing will likely be working with a studio team, a content team, and or an agency for the design of the site. At both DailyPay and SimilarWeb, which are B2B2C companies, you know, we need to determine how to best organize a site to speak to customers and end user audiences. For the homepage, you know, we led with messaging that speaks to our core business or B2B target customer. And then we structured the site in a way that allowed folks to self-select and do a customized journey that drives them towards conversion. Now, in terms of the specific messaging used across the site, this kind of goes back to the messaging brief I just talked about, you know, product marketing is a one-to-many function. And so a great way to enable those other teams like content design, studio demand generation, who might be working on specific landing pages for campaigns, different thought leadership content, blogs, you can help the organization stay on message to have a unifying message across the entire business by having that North Star document like a messaging brief. And in many cases, these messaging briefs will ultimately have unique messages for specific personas with specific use cases. And it really becomes a master document with a whole matrix of highly targeted messages. And that's a really useful way to enable things like a website, for example, where ultimately you have a number of stakeholders that are contributing to its design and development. How do you know that your messaging is working? You've got it segmented. What's the validation that tells you this is the right message? Danny, this is a great question because messaging validation for product marketers is complex, right? Much like multi-touch attribution for demand generation, marketers is complex. It's complex, but not impossible. And there are a number of ways to approach this. And I think to talk about this, it's probably more easily answered if we break down the channels for which you're distributing your messaging, right? So if you're in-app or in-platform, for example, looking at audiences that are exposed to your messaging and then seeing if they took a desired behavior or desired action, like engaging with certain features as a result of that messaging, is very helpful to to determine whether or not it's effective. An example of this is when I was at SimilarWeb, we used Intercom for in-platform messaging. And we used Mixpanel for measuring users' behavior within the products themselves. And so while there, I worked with the front-end dev team to create an integration between Intercom and Mixpanel, where we could actually look at users that were served a particular message for a particular campaign and then measure that group against a control group that was not served the message, and then measure incremental lift and see if there were subsequent behavior lifts and desired actions, like for example, engaging with certain premium features that required an upsell. If you're talking about the website, for example, this is an excellent place to validate and measure messaging, specifically just because of the scale of prospects that land on your web page. There's excellent tools out there for this, for really like A-B testing messaging on websites. One of those tools is VWO. 
And one capability of VWO is to test two sets of messaging on your site. So some users will land on messaging hierarchy A on the site, and others will land on a different version, messaging hierarchy B. And then what you can do is you can test also site design and content structure along with your messaging. And VWO will actually help you optimize your messaging for the site versions that drive more users through to conversion. So you can track things like time on page, click-through rate, and ultimately things like form fills and lead generation. So this is really useful because it allows marketers to test and optimize using the website also without having to burden developers with ongoing changes, right? Because you can make live updates. It's a layer that sits on top of the site. If you're thinking about like comms and PR, for example, there's a technique called messaging pull-through, which is assessing how many of your core messages landed among different press outlets. This overlaps with things kind of like social listening, as well as just like monitoring the broader online conversation. And then I think one more really important channel, because this gets down to revenue, right, is like sales wins and conversions. So you think about the sales cycle, win rates or attach rates, if you have multiple products with different packages at different levels of, of, of you know, premium products. This gets a little bit more challenging to measure directly, because at this point, there are so many different touch points that that customer has had with your messaging, but it can certainly be monitored indirectly. So after you implement something like a new sales narrative or, you know, the associated pitch deck, the content or the enablement programs, you know, you want to know, are those, are those key messages influencing or accelerating the sales cycle? Are they improving win rates or are they increasing attach rates? If you work with sales and close partnership and you look at these metrics period over period, so pre and post launch, for example, but with all other things remaining the same, they serve as great indicators as well, whether or not your, your new messaging is achieving ultimately the revenue goals that you might want to attach to it. So the list goes on, right? But I think that's a nice sampling. And I'll just note also to round out what I mentioned above are a lot of kind of quantitative ways to measure messaging, but I want to give a nod to the value in qualitative measurement as well. Like what's the feedback from sales reps and sales leaders? What's the feedback from friendly first customers that might be working with you on your customer advisory board? Are they validating that it's resonating with them as well? How does that inform or how often do you make changes to the messaging and positioning? Your messaging should be an ongoing iterative process, hands down. Um, but that is ultimately balanced with the reality of resources, budget, bodies, time. So, you know, that's going to that's gonna change depending on the organization that you're operating within. But there are some key milestones for your business, which should always trigger a review of your messaging. One of those is launches. When you're launching a new product or a feature that substantially changes the capabilities of your solution or expands the scope of use cases you can solve for, this increased value should be represented in your overall messaging. Big campaigns are another prime time to do this. So demand generation campaigns are a good time to review that your colleagues have the targeted messaging they need for like a new big campaign that your business is throwing money behind it to make sure that you're really optimizing the results of that campaign with the right messaging for the right prospects. And then more broadly, just big marketing moments. You know, marketing moments that capitalize on things like trending news or events is an ideal time to create targeted messaging for said moment. So for example, if you're working with retail clients, you know, whenever you get to kind of the holiday buying season where 50 plus percent of sales are done for the year for those types of customers, you're going to want to give special focus to that holiday season and the campaigns and promos that you can run at that time that really 
drive increased value, you know, for your solution for those particular customers. My next question is a little bit more personal to you. Is there a particular product or launch or company that you had the most fun working on messaging? That's a tough one. I've, I've worked on so many different products with different audiences over the years. But yeah, you know, I think something that really stands out to me was when I was at SimilarWeb, I led product marketing for the platform team. So my team there managed the largest, most technical releases. And after I joined, a very interesting thing was happening with the business. We were starting to go wide and we were finding that like hedge funds and VCs were a growing market for us. And we needed to create a more targeted go-to-market motion to sell to investment analysts um, and the DevOps teams that supported them, which included like data engineers and data scientists. So our focus here was really on commercializing our API as a data delivery method for the insights that we provided. However, we didn't have this muscle built for marketing to these more technical audiences. So I ultimately developed a marketing plan for these buyers after undergoing a pretty extensive audience cohort analysis where we, coming out of that, created integrated campaigns, use case-specific content, and really updated our technical documentation for the API, along with a host of other things. And this was a real fun experience, right? Because in the process, I was like learning how to adapt messaging to a technical audience. And, you know, I think some key takeaways that are worth sharing there because they shift for when you're talking to someone like a marketer or like an HR audience, which is, you know, be direct and to the point and not too aspirational. You want to ground your messaging and use cases and business application. And you especially need to demonstrate to a technical audience that you understand the nuances between different buyers and stakeholders, right? Because the type of work that a data engineer versus a data scientist, for example, does on a day-to-day basis is substantially different and distinct. And so you're going to need to adapt your messaging and your use cases to them and demonstrate that you understand their world and that you understand what their KPIs are. You know, a really fun part of this process was surfacing the prospects as well. So we looked at things like behavioral data from users on our platform that suggested they would be a good fit for our API. An example was users that were downloading a lot of data to Excel rather than just using the front end tools on the platform or looking into our CRM and identifying accounts that had a lot of analysts or technical contacts that weren't our champion or buyer and that we weren't actually marketing to directly. And then so putting them into nurture campaigns from there. This ultimately proved more than just a campaign. It was really an organizational shift in building a whole new go-to-market motion. So you know, I worked, for example, with revenue leadership to rework comp and incentives for API sales and undertook a huge enablement effort to help train and create a tiger team of technical sales reps in each office globally that could help join these calls and really close the deals with this more technical audience. So it was really fun. It ultimately was a successful push into like the hedge fund and VC space. And I learned a ton about marketing to DevOps audiences in the process. So in your opinion, throughout your career, to become great at crafting messaging, what do you think is necessary? I think to keep things simple, my advice here would be to start with why rather than what and how. So in a, a thought leader that I really enjoy following, his name is Simon Sinek. He's a public speaker and he's the author of a book called Start With Why. And he has this model called the golden circle, which can be used in marketing to differentiate your product's value proposition in the market, right? Because 
oftentimes we get caught up doing things like, like we know what your product does and, and, and we know how it does it. And oftentimes our messaging will orient around that. But sometimes we forget to really open with or focus on why does it exist in the first place? And I think answering this question really helps you focus on your unique selling point and helps you drive behavior change, which in this case is buying your product. So I'll use like an example to demonstrate this, taking a brand that we all know, like Apple, for example. If Apple were marketing like the 80% of companies, they would have a marketing message that says like, we make great computers, they're beautifully designed, they're simple to use, and they're user friendly. And honestly, that, that's how most of us communicate naturally. We say what we're doing and we say how we're different or better than others doing it. But Apple is different. And the way that Apple actually communicates is they reverse that. So they're like, everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo. We believe in thinking differently. The way that we challenge the status quo is by making our products beautifully designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. We happen to make great computers. Do you want to buy one? And by reversing the order, you see that like we're starting with the why, right? And we're driving behavior change in a way that what simply isn't going to move the needle on. And so in doing so, we're, we're, we're shifting you know, from talking about what we make to really telling compelling stories. And I think that really gets to the core of product marketing and being a good messenger, telling compelling stories about why you do what you do, about why you get up every day, you go to work and solve problems for your customers. That's a great point. I like that a lot. Well, thank you so much for being on today. Once again, this is Jared Hubbard, former director of product marketing at Daily Pay. Do you have any parting words of wisdom, any tips that have helped you throughout your career? Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity to round out with that, Danny. You know, I think that ultimately something I would point out, which marketers can sometimes forget is just the importance of meeting with your customers regularly. We all know on paper, we're supposed to do it, right? But it can be hard in the daily distractions that come up and in, in, in work, you know, week over week to actually talk to your customers regularly. And the only people in the business that should be talking to customers and prospects more than product mar marketers are the sales reps, the account managers, and the CS folks themselves. And that's because to, like, to really know the use cases and the value drivers for purchasing and the business application, you, know, you need to talk to customers. But it's more than that. There's a whole additional aspect that I find that product marketers often don't become the experts in, which really helps them to excel in role. And that is to really optimize your messaging, you need to understand the commercial structures within the organizations that you're selling to. So who are the stakeholders beyond your buyer? And who else is getting involved in the buying decision that needs to sign off? How are deals structured? What are the buying motions and what are their buying criteria? And for your business, what are the actual sales plays that your, that your sales org is, is executing? Is it a land and expand motion with a specific point solution? Or are you marketing an enterprise platform out of the gates? These nuances of commercial structure and deal structure and deal process are really going to impact how you message. I think that's very insightful. That's a lot of great information there. Again, we really appreciate you being on, Jared. Thanks so much. Danny, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely.
This has been B2B Messaging Podcast. We'll catch you next time.